Hey, TK Show is sponsored by South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, Northern California's number one volume dealer. Check them out at SouthCountyChryslerJeepDodge.net or drive a little and save a lot in friendly Gilroy. Coming to you from the San Jose Mercury News, the Bay Area News Group, it's the TK Show. Now here's your host, Tim Kawakami. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show on a rainy Friday, but uh, very glad to welcome on my show the uh, someone that I've been wanting to talk to for quite some time. Someone you all know, uh, here pops up everywhere. You see him uh, with, at the Warriors games at First Road Oracle Arena. He's... Got many ventures across the board in many different places, but uh, we'll talk to him mainly about the Warriors. Uh, Peter Goober, co-owner of the Warriors. Peter, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's uh, sunny down here, okay. but uh, that's the whole thing of California. It's always <laughs> sunny somewhere. Okay. Uh, were you uh, in, in Houston last night for Game 3 of the Warriors-Houston? No, yeah. no, I didn't make it to Houston last night. I'm just finishing the editing of my film, my movie we're working on down here, so... Uh, Super secret project we're working on. Okay. So I was tied up until midnight. All right. Well, I'm just just we'll just ask you off the bat. Uh, would the Warriors lose in a game here? What are your feelings? Do you still feel pretty good about everything? And and, and where do you sense that the team mood is with, with Steph Curry right now? Well, I think that you know, winning and losing is part of every in sport and every in entertainment engagement. So you have you have to always assume that's a possibility. You know, you hope for the best, but you have to deal with that. And so. I think we, we showed up well, and the idea that we were able to play without Steph and, and competitive to the last second of the game, and uh, we could have, we should have, and might have won that game just as easily. One point separates winning and losing, and I think that it was a wise decision on the part of the coaching staff to give Steph another rest, recognizing uh, our, our play against the Rockets over the year and what's ahead of us, so I think it was a it was a wise bet. You know, you, you make these bets, and sometimes you, you win, and sometimes you lose. I don't think we lost on the mm -hmm. bet. We mm -hmm. made the right bet, and we won the bet, but we lost the game. I know you're not there in other – you got the medicals and everything, but do you expect Steph to play in, in Game 4 on Sunday? Yeah, I think, I think uh, he likely will, but, you know, I think that's going to be left for the – medical staff and the coaching staff to make the game time decision mm -hmm. uh, but he's had a lot of rest and he was in good shape and I think that those, they'll make the right decision and even if he, he didn't play until next Wednesday in, in uh, San Francisco I think we'd be, we'll be fine I, I, I really, really have a lot of confidence in the staff and the team and the, and the coaches and the management to, to make these kinds of uh, both short term and long term decisions and balance the interests of uh, uh, all the elements that have to be getting thoughtful because mm -hmm. there's you know a lot of games if from front to back it's 16 games you got to win yep. so the idea is you don't have to win them all you don't have to win them all you know every every night so you just have to win enough to get to the end that's the, that's the prize peter having gone through this last year uh, getting those 16 wins and and ending up with a parade uh is it easier to for you to to go through this or is it harder you know you got the 73 wins during the regular season does it build up the pressure how do you think this playoff run is any different maybe than last year's as an owner looking at it from that way well, you know, uh, uncertainty is part of the sports process, certainly in the playoffs most especially. You're getting everybody at their best, and, 
in, in this league, any team on any given day can beat any other team. It's just we know that's true. The question is, can they beat them in a, a series, a seven-game series? Uh, we have so much adaptive ability, adapt to the changes every every game. And I think that um, I think the best team usually wins at the mm-hmm. end. I mean, I really believe that. Uh, getting there, some strange things can happen, health and and, and quirks of fate, and that's what makes it interesting. The uncertainty and the certainty is what makes human nature so interesting in in both predicting and living through these experiences. For me, you know, I think it's, you know, personally uh, an exciting process, and I think that when you look at the road to uh, the, 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 the championship to the trophy, you realize that you have to pace yourself. So mm-hmm. you think about today's game, you think about all the games in front of you. So I think that my experience in having going down, gone down the road as co-owner of this of this enterprise, I learned a lot from last year, and that is to take each game one at a time. And in some sense, um, if you do that, you have the best experience of all. You're planning for the future, but you're living today. So that game today will reveal some character. But like yesterday, we revealed some character of our team to play with, you know, with a key man missing, a champion mm-hmm. missing. And I think that's important. It gives you gives you the confidence that you've got a really good team. And I think teams teams win championships. Players win games. Mm-hmm. What's this season been like? Uh, again, this the record seventy three victories. This kind of took on a whole life of its own. Took on like five different lives of its own as, as the team marched towards that number. Uh, as you were watching it, and, and we know what the TV ratings were. We know what the excitement level was. Uh, what was that like for you to watch that? You know, it's like it's like any engagement advice that you give to somebody. How do you watch something? How do you deal with it? You deal with it from your heart, not mm-hmm. from your mind, not from your wallet. You immerse yourself in the experience, whether you're the owner, whether you're just a general fan, whether you're, the, uh, whether, uh, you're part of the organization, whether you're media. You, you watch it one by one. You have a, a, a belief and conviction that, that you make a difference in the outcome. I mean, that's what fans do. They believe they, <laughs> they're, they're participants, not just passengers in the outcome. And so you, you, you cheer and you root, but you, you leaven that as an experience of somebody who's been in the entertainment business and have to make hits and also sometimes have flops or been in the sports business where you, you, know, you play baseball games, you play 162 baseball games. You're going to lose a lot. You're going to lose 62 games and, and be the best in the world. So it's, it's recognizing that the, the, the prize is both an endurance contest and a sprint at the same time. Each game's a sprint, but the whole thing's an endurance contest. So I put myself in the, in the position of really saying, we've got our best chance with the best people to win every day. And then you say to yourself, how the chips will fall? They fall. You put the, the pieces in order, your organization, your team culture, the team, the players. You put yourself in position to be competitive. And you hope that the people play the right roles, the coaches and the managers and the health providers, and everybody plays the right role to win. And then you have to get a little lucky. You have to get a little lucky. And I think that that's, that's the attitude I have. I mean, been in the entertainment business, you know, for damn near 40 years, that, you know, you, 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 you write a great script, but you don't shoot the script. You don't shoot the script. You, you, things happen along the way of making a television show, a movie, a musical album, any event, and it's definitely a sports team. Things, serendipity happens all the way. And the more agile, mobile, and sometimes even hostile you are, uh, makes the difference. And I think our team is, has now, through last year, 
learn what it's like to be all the way to the finals. That's a big attribute. You know what it's like to be in competition at the very highest level. Uh, you know what the journey's length is. You know each other's resilience. So I think those are big factors in this journey. All right, we'll be right back after this quick message from our sponsor. It's the spring clearance event at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, the largest event in March ever. We've got a huge inventory at clearance prices. Check out this 2016 Jeep Patriot Sport. How about a new 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited for $9,000 off MSRP after discounts and rebates? Don't miss the spring clearance event at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Why would you buy anywhere else? Drive a little, save a lot in Gilroy. You talk about serendipity. I'm just saying I'm struck that a month ago uh, you had a very special guest sitting courtside uh, with Joe Lake. I mean, so he had Prince there uh, Mm -hmm. at the game. He had the concert oracle uh, the day later. Did you have any? Obviously, Prince passed away yesterday. Did you have any uh, exchanges with him? And did you know him very well? Did you have any conversation with him when he was there? Yeah, a lot, quite a bit of conversation. Mm -hmm. Talked about Batman. movie and talked about his experience at Warner Brothers where I was there and talked about we talked about personal friends that we both had and shared that experience uh, yeah of course I, I've been in the music and film business for, for my whole life so we had a lot of commonality knew had met known each other in in the past so yeah we did but you know I looked at him and I, I he looked more frail than I saw mm. him the last time and and I didn't consider it in jeopardy but but when i heard of his passing i said and we talked amongst our friends about him he was such a great talent but there was something in his aura that i saw him this time that was was fragile hmm. and i think that uh it, it it caught my attention so i don't know what exactly what the cause of his, his death was but he certainly wasn't as robust and as vigorous as i used to see him as a performer or backstage, or in the on the Warner Brothers lot. Hmm. As someone who who, who knew him, um, what was it like to talk to Prince? I mean, people talk. We know the mystery, and we know he was probably pretty quiet off stage. But what was it like to have conversations with Prince? He was a, gen- he, was a gen- he was a gentle soul. I mm-hmm. mean, so talented, and so and so, uh, you know, successful, and you know, uh, and had he had a lot of you know very very private in a sense. He had a kept his internal engine, you know, to himself, and uh, didn't reveal a lot. Anytime you're with him, he would he would be thoughtful, but he never was really revealing, hmm. at least not to me and to the other folks that I knew. Some of them had even closer relationships, but my my experience is, is that he was um, very unique. Every time I talked to him, a very unique soul that that understood his music and understood his place and was totally invested in his art completely totally invested he didn't he, he was a good business person but he didn't think of it as a business he thought of it as, as his life's work he was very diligent about and meticulous about his about his musical work especially in films yeah i mean you produced batman he had he he participated in that soundtrack what well, did you work closely with him on that what was he like working no, in no, okay. no 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 yeah. no 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 yeah. he was really Honored himself, Mark Kenton, who was then the uh, head of Warner Brothers, who's close personal friends, also mm-hmm. spent the Warrior Games with us. Um, as he said, uh, Prince was a prince in terms of his quality of his work, his intention, and the attention he put on his intention. 
and that's who he was. But he was very, he, he kept himself very unique and artistically uh, uh, authentic in all of his work. He was, he was uh, collaborative with his other, with the other people in the, in the, in the artistic process, mm. but really had a kind of walled garden around his process. He protected it from the very beginning. You remember the very first albums, he, he required that he did everything. He had yep. to produce the album. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was required. One is, one is surprised when they was first brought in, brought to him and he said he's going to produce the album. He said, but he's never produced the album. He actually auditioned uh, in a sense for them to show them that he could really do it. And they were struck, you know, Mo Austin was struck by his capacity to be able to do all those things. And they let him do it. And of course, the rest of the success is everybody knows. Well, Peter, we also know that you're a, a, a co-owner of, of the Dodgers, uh, and they're, d- they're doing pretty well right now. Uh, what's that? How do you compare the two organizations? Your involvement with the Dodgers and your involvement with the Warriors. It's a little weird for Northern Californians, I'm sure, to to see you down there in L.A., but that's part of your business. What's the, what's the difference and maybe the similarities in, in, in these two franchises? Well. First of all, I've been in baseball for 24 years. I've owned, you know, the largest number of Magic Johnsons, my partner, mm-hmm. the largest number of minor league teams across the country, from the Yankees to the Dodgers to the Texas Rangers. I mean, all of them built the stadiums, had incredible success uh, filling them, and and so I've been involved in baseball a long time. I, I you know, I love baseball. Um, the difference between the, the the two sports is so remarkably different in terms of your experience. It's like saying, how do you like, how do you compare Chinese food? I mean, really, how do you compare Chinese food to Mexican food Mm -hmm. or Chinese food to French food? Great Chinese food is great Chinese food and great French food is great French food and they're both food. Mm -hmm. So they're both sports and they're both engagement audience sports. They're both media sports. They're both entertainment sports. They both have stars and celebrities. But the sport itself is radically different. The, 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 the nature of the games is different. The nature of the pace of the games is different. The nature of the narrative around the games is different. The, the whole length of the season and the number of games is radically different. And, and so you know, you've been around baseball yourself. You know it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a narrative sport mm-hmm. uh, where the narrative is interstitial to the game. It happens between the innings, between the pitches, between the, <laughs> between the, 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 the whole game. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, part of the beauty of the sport. In basketball, the narrative goes so fast, the game itself is so quick and back and forth, that it, it's, it's truly a team sport in every sense of the way. And baseball, on the other hand, is both a team sport and a very individual sport, the pitcher against the batter. So there are unique aspects to each that give it both a unique currency, and people enjoy that. I think it's, it's fun to be able to have those differences. At the same time, it's about audiences. It's about butts and seats. It's about creating stars. It's about focusing on the game strategies. It's about providing analytics as, a, as an information base for for audiences to get engaged. It's about surrendering ownership. I mean, there's so much skill sets that are the same, but those differences make it unique and makes it a lot of fun. Peter, uh, you know, we both, obviously I know Joe Leggett real well. You know him way better than I do, but uh, he, he said some things. To, and it was quoted in the New York Times Sunday Magazine not too long ago. It, it maybe ruffled a few feathers. I understood, and I've said so. I've totally understood. This is 
this is uh, who he is, and it's certainly not any different than he was five years ago. But when he, when he talked about you know the organization being light years ahead of everybody else in sports, and, and maybe there was a comment about Steph Curry that this isn't just about Steph Curry, and maybe it could have been taken different ways. What did you think about those comments, and, and were you at all needing a, a clarification from Joe on some of them? You know, I learned long ago about being in the entertainment business and every every single aspect of the entertainment business, almost music, film, television, at, at a very high level, that, you know, when you go into the media, that's, your, that's who you are, when you go into the media, you have to be uh, thoughtful of the, the audience and the way it's narrated, the way it's curated. You have to be sensitive to that. I think the, the editorial piece took some of his pieces and focused on them, probably in a way that wasn't, in the complete context of uh, what Joe feels and means, I think Joe uh, represents the fact that you know this is a team, and it's a team from a management perspective, it's a team from an ownership perspective, it's a team from a player perspective, and ultimately the audience responds to the folks on the floor who deliver the product, mm-hmm. the artists that deliver the product, and I, I think he knows that. I think he welcomes that. I think he rewards that. Uh, I think as my partner, we've been two of us on this from the very beginning, from the very, very beginning of the journey. Uh, he's a very collaborative individual, a supportive individual, believes in the team ethos. And I think that, um, you know, in context, that's exactly who he is and how he is. And I, I, I admire him for that. And I, I, I know how he interfaces and I interface with him and him with me and how he does with the other folks in the organization. And I think his feet, his feet do and his heart do the talking. Mm-hmm. They they represent his feet and his heart represent his true spirit, his true intention and attention. And I think sometimes uh, words on the page don't fully reflect, <laughs> um, you know, his his attitude. We know what his aptitude is, <laughs> but I think his attitude is is authentic and congruent. So I'm I, I believe in his uh, nature and his spirit, and I think proof of process demonstrates that. Uh, I mean, my point is, I mean, you got to be audacious to have achieved what you guys, with a, with other factors, obviously, but to, from where this was more than five years ago, when you guys took over, to where you are now, uh, going for back-to-back championships, having just put up the greatest regular season and possibly in sports history, you, you, you got to be looking ahead. You, you've got to be, at some point, thinking audaciously. Uh, that's and I, and I know, Joe, that's the way he's always thought, and that's the way you, both you guys have always thought, to get to high places, you, you can't be lowballing everybody. That, that's my point about it, I guess. I think that's I think that's well said and, and better said than even I said it. But but I think the, the what we countenance is the idea that um, that uh, uh, authenticity means not not being not being not risk averse. You don't want to be mm-hmm. risk averse. Yep. Leaders have got to lead with their chin. Leaders. You know, we at the front of the parade have to point the direction of where we want to go if we want to get there. And I think that you you take chances with an organization. You try to sometimes push it, sometimes pull it, sometimes ride on top of it, and sometimes you know take chances that are that are that are not popular. I mean, whatever they are. And I think you know leadership has leadership has at least for me it always has has its peril too. But I think if you if you become risk averse or too cautious or too dainty as a leader, you lose the authoritative element which is necessary to change cultures, to try to make it, you know, a powerful, advanced, aggressive, uh, engaging culture that is not risk averse, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so my 
my my attitude is that if if you don't take chances, you really can't succeed. Whether it's on the managerial level, the coaching level, the team level, the ownership level, uh, or the public relations mm-hmm. level, I think you have to speak your truth, and whatever it is is your truth. And then if the results support you, that's well-being. Because I believe this: success has many fathers, and failures an orphan. Yeah. So. You know, the idea is you've got to lead with your chin. Uh, I'll re- uh, just ask you for an update on the arena. I, uh, you guys um, moved the, the the date now back to 2019-2020 is when you're looking for, to move to the San Francisco arena. Is that still exactly where you're looking at, 2019-2020? Have there has been there any slowdown since you made that decision? Not an inch. Not an inch. This is, this is as I said, both a marathon and a sprint. Every day you, you try to... Be extremely aggressive. Get the materials done. Get everything into position, which we have. And yet, you realize it's a long journey. And you know, at its heart, it's it's arduous and sometimes uncertain. But the result is not uncertain, and the desire is not uncertain, and the fact that we're going to make it is not uncertain. But you have to you have to go through the vicissitudes of a very lengthy, arduous combination political, social, economic process to get there and and as we say and i've been involved every inch of the way in the thing and as i say it's it's really an enormous undertaking to do this in a a, a privately financed uh a venue over a period of four to five years um uh and have that aspirational element inspirational element and then have the perspirational and and fortitude to stay with it all the way through uh the process and it's been an incredible journey, a long journey, and I, I believe is, is is a successful landing. Is in, is clearly in sight. All right, Peter. Well, I, I'll definitely ask you this question, which I ask all my guests. I'm looking forward to your answer, Peter Gooper. What's what's your favorite restaurant? <laughs> my favorite restaurant is a Gali on the coast of Italy. Hmm. Uh, you climb up a cliff and you go into this restaurant. You think I came all the way here. What is it? And you're not even hungry. And then you can't believe what you eat. Hmm. You know, so I, I, I love Italian food, and I love it in Italy. So my two or three favorite restaurants are there. I like Zuma Cafe in San Francisco, okay. and I like uh, Wolfgang Puck's Cut in Los Angeles. Okay. Well, so what's the name of that restaurant again in, in Italy? Give us that one again. I think it's pronounced Agal, Argale, Argale, mm-hmm. but it's on the coast. It's just up from... Uh, it's just up from Capri, not too far from Capri. That sounds nice. Well, Peter, appreciate it. Great, great answers. Great conversation. As always, uh, I, I enjoy talking to you, Peter, and I thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Always good talking to you, and great good luck. I'll see you at a game. All right, Peter. Thanks a lot, everybody. That's Peter Goober, the co-owner of your Golden State Warriors, co-owner, Los Angeles Dodgers. Hollywood Maven. I didn't even get into half the stuff I wanted to get into about Hollywood crossover stuff, but we'll do that again with Peter. All right, everybody, that's the show for this week. Peter Goober, Warriors playoffs coming up, many other things we'll talk about. We'll get into another show next week. Thanks, everybody.
It's the spring clearance event at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, the largest event in March ever. We've got a huge inventory at clearance prices. Check out this 2016 Jeep Patriot Sport. How about a new 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited for $9,000 off MSRP after discounts and rebates? Don't miss the spring clearance event at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Why would you buy anywhere else? Drive a little, save a lot in Gilroy.